Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take This tonight. So somebody said, Bishop, what's the title for tonight? For you note-takers, faith. Amen. Lift your Bibles, let's do it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word, shout it out, I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you would. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. We welcome those watching at all of our uh, campuses. You're in for something tonight. Amen. Anybody just wave at me. You feel like you're being stretched in your life right now. Oh, I'm going to tell you what that's all about tonight. Amen. James chapter 2. While you're flipping there, there's another scripture we're not going to look at where the Apostle Paul's exhorting his son Timothy, and he says to him, fight the good fight of faith, which means whenever you find yourself in a brawl, it is not something demonic or satanic you need to be worried about. Only thing you need to be worried about is making sure your faith is where it's supposed to be. You don't have to worry about getting even with folk. You don't have to worry. You have to worry about none of that. Only thing you got to do is make sure your faith is ready to fight. Encourage somebody next to you and tell them, my faith is ready for a fight. James chapter 2, look at verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Now, the, uh, the works here are not talking about doing things uh, so that God loves you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more or watch this any less. So the works he's talking about here are actions that prove your faith. Got it? Okay. Can faith save him? If a brother, verse 15, or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you need not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? You ever gone to somebody and said, you know, oh, Lord, I'm going through this, and they say, well, just pray. And you're like, but you could have gave me a sandwich. I said I was hungry. I, didn't, I don't need to pray to get a sandwich when you got some ham and cheese and bread right over there. Verse 16. Uh, and if one of you says uh, to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but does not give them the things they're needed, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Which means evidence of your faith, or the evidence of your faith is seen in what you do. You got that? So you can't say, I've got faith to get a job, but you don't send your resume anywhere. Because evidence of your faith is the fact that you send in your resume everywhere. You got it? Can't say, I have faith to believe God for a car, and yet you haven't been to one lot. What is it? Was the car just going to appear in your driveway? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, he says, verse uh, uh, 19... You believe that there is one God. You do well, but even the demons believe that and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works, or say action, is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect, or it accomplished what it was trying to do? Verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. 
Father, tonight as we get in this teaching, I pray, Lord, that you would stretch our faith, increase our faith, enhance our faith, make our faith, God, like a laser, so focused and so precise that it accomplishes that thing that we are believing you for. Your word declares without faith, it is impossible to please you. So we thank you tonight for giving us a faith uh, injection tonight, giving us a, a recharge of our faith tonight. We thank you that you're not a man that you should lie. And if you said it, it shall happen. End of discussion. We used to say, God said it, we believe it, and that settles it. So let's do it tonight. Say, God, you said it. I believe it. And that settles it. In Jesus' name. High five somebody as you take your seats and just tell them faith, 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 faith. Hallelujah. Now, 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 as we're getting into this, I want to make this very simplistic and very pragmatic tonight. And uh, when we deal with that, we're going to look at the who, when, what, where, and how of faith. Say that with me. The who, when, what, where, and how of faith. Because uh, sometimes we need to be reminded of things that we know. And many times there are things that we know that we do not exercise because we haven't been uh, uh, practicing them on a frequent basis. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's deal with the who first. Who needs faith? What's the answer to that? Usums. We need faith. Second Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, uh, God has given you the measure of faith equal to everybody else. Your neighbor, if they have more faith than you, it's not because God gave it to them. It's because they exercise it more than you do. Romans 12, 3. Flip over there. Romans 12, 3. Romans 12, 3. God gave you faith when you got here. And sometimes you look at other people and say, wow, God's really moving in their life. He must love them more. No. His love is the same for everybody. They're just using what he gave them. You have found, uh, have met somebody in life that every time they get something, they'll work it much better than other people will work it. Uh, Romans 12 and 3, you got it? For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to what? Every man the measure of faith. Now say, I have faith. Now, so here's what that means. God has given you the ability to do what's impossible by yourself with him. He's given you the ability to do the impossible, not in and of yourself, but with him. So who needs faith? No, call your name. You need some faith. And here's the good news. It's not some external thing you got to grab. He's already given it to you. Now, it becomes greater as you exercise it. Now, let's go to the what. What is faith? Many times believers have misunderstandings about what faith is. And so uh, sometimes we see faith as this, this really spooky, supernatural thing that's very external. It's very almost eschatological, if you will. It's almost like something far off in the distance, close to the end of the age or something like that. Here's faith. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here's what faith is. You ready? Faith is substance of what's hoped for. It's substance. Substance means it's tangible. It's tangible. I don't have faith in my heart. You got it? There I so am. You write about it. <laughs> you don't just have faith in your heart because it's tangible. Say substance. Now the scripture says it's the substance of things hoped for, which means uh, that word hope there means excitement or anticipation. It means you can almost feel something. Okay, so it's the substance of what's hoped for. It's something tangible that I know is exciting me. I have anticipation. I can almost feel it. Watch this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I got a feeling it's going to happen. I, I can't calculate it all because when I sit down and calculate it, it doesn't add up. But I know that I know I'm excited about something, and all I got is a promise. Then it says evidence of things not seen. Now, evidence comes from the scene of a crime or an incident. Uh, you cannot collect evidence from a place where nothing has taken place or nothing has transpired. So when it says the evidence of things not seen, that means it comes from the scene of an incident, say from the scene. Which means, watch this, faith is grabbing something from heaven and bringing it into the earth. I'm going to say it again. 
Faith is grabbing something from heaven and bringing it into the earth. That's called manifestation. See, there's no evidence if something hasn't already happened. So what faith says is it's happened in the spirit and I'm waiting on it to manifest in the natural. You got that? Because there's no evidence unless something's already happened. Which means, watch this, your faith is responding to something God's already done in the spirit. That's why Jeremiah says, uh, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. I sanctified you. Now, before Jeremiah ever came out of his mother's womb, he was set apart and he was a prophet. But now, uh, before those things manifested, he had to have faith to access what was already done in the spirit to see it in the natural. Are you getting that? Okay. Evidence means you're like CSI. And particularly, you know, I'm not with all the new New York CSI and all that in Las Vegas. No, I like the original from Miami with Horatio. What's his name? Horatio. Because Horatio would walk up on the scene. I mean, it's a body over there, a body over there, a truck over there. And he had a solution when he walked up. A football player's been here. Like, where are you getting that from? Because the size shoe print over there. Is, I mean, like, what? Like, and then it says NFL on the back. Like, he, he knows all of this stuff. From just walking up and identifying it. Watch this. God has left you clues in your life. Jesus. He's left you clues in your life. Bishop, what do you mean he's left me clues? Uh, sometimes you got to go on a hunch. Because I'm discontented with my life the way it is. And so that's a clue that I got to use my faith to get somewhere greater. Got to be like Horatio. Got to walk up and say, wait a minute, it ain't always going to be this bad. How do you know? Because he promised me I'd be the head and not the tail. And right now it's looking like I'm the tail, which means I got to go on a hunch that this is a temporary position. Now, now, there, there, are, there are some Greek words for faith. And uh, there are four. There are four of them, and I want to give you this because we're still talking about the what of faith. Uh, and these faith, these are levels of faith. All right? So the first level of faith, we're still talking on the what, is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. Now, you've heard me talk about that before. It's the difference between facts and truth, facts and truth. Listen, what do you mean? Aren't they the same? Absolutely not. Uh, Facts, the fact may be the doctor says you've got a sickness that there is no cure to. But that's not the truth. The truth is the word says that by his stripes we were healed. Got it? So even though there may be a fact in place, that is not the truth. Because the truth simply is what God says about the facts. That's why there's a difference between the two. See, the the fact may be that your money is funny, so funny it's telling you jokes. Uh, The fact may be that your change is so strange that it looks like an alien to you. But that is not the truth. The truth is, is that if I'm a faithful tither and a faithful giver, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. So I got to know the difference between facts and what God says about my facts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, the second level of faith is hypostasis. Hypostasis. Let me spell it for you, uh, for you note takers. H-U-P-O stasis. S-T-A-S-I-S. Hypostasis. And if you're not taking notes, I know you're getting a CD. Because you're not going to remember that you'll be going home talking about, I had to piss the taste this faith. <laughs> the hypostasis faith. <laughs> mm. Hypostasis. Now, here's what this faith means. Now, remember, these are levels, right? So what's the first level you get? God gives you the ability to distinguish between facts and truth. That's how you became a believer. Uh-huh. Because you had pistis. Because you didn't get no certificate of salvation, not from God. You may go from church, but not from the Lord. Amen. Got it? You just had to believe that the truth was when you made that prayer that you were born again. And even though you didn't necessarily feel like you were born again, even though you still had some of the issues after you got born again, as you did before you got born again, you had to have pistis to know, I believe that I have been born again. Amen. That's what it gives you when you start out. You get pistis, the ability to distinguish between the two. But now getting to the next level, that's you got to work that. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to work that. 
Okay, so that's what trials and tribulations are about. You working your faith so that your faith can grow. If you've been saved for 15 years and you're still working on pistis, I'm here to tell you it's time to grow up. If you're still struggling about what your situation says versus what your God says about your situation, it's time for you to come up from pistis and get you some hypostasis. And here's what that means. It is a conviction based upon belief and it only. A conviction based upon belief and it only. Bishop, what does that mean? Uh, you ever met somebody and they were talking to you and they said, uh, and you, you were trying to tell them what they believed was wrong, but it didn't matter what you said because they believed it and they believed it just because they believed it? And that was the end of the discussion? Like you try to tell somebody, listen, that shirt does not look good on you. And, and you're trying to tell them, you got, you got magazine articles, you got all kind of things, you got witness testimony reports and everything. Then this is not true. This is just not for you. But they believe themselves that it is. And simply because they believe it. Okay, now I'm being somewhat jovial, but I want you to be able to get the illustration. You got it? It means I believe it just because I believe it. I believe that I'm convinced of something just because I believe it. So, so Bishop, how does hypostasis work? Uh, now that I've been able to distinguish between facts and truth, now I'm in the middle of a situation where God's stretching my faith, and it seems like uh, the more I work my faith, the worse my situation gets. But I still believe, just because I believe, that trouble don't last. Oh, I believe it just because I believe it. I don't have to see change. I know change is coming. I don't have to see the money in the bank. I know it's there. I don't have to see my marriage turning around. I know it will. I believe it just because I do. But then the next level of faith, this is OMG faith for all of you Twitterers and texters. This is the God kind of faith, the God kind of faith. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God. Uh, now, in translation, that says have faith in God. We got one of the words there uh, mixed up. It should not say have faith in God. It should say have the faith of God. Now, you say, what, 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 what is the faith of God? God has faith that he's good. So he swears by himself and nobody else. That's why in Genesis, when he said, let there be light, he didn't worry because he knew he was good for it. You didn't get what I just said, so I'm going to say it to the other side of the church because perhaps they're listening. God had faith enough in himself to say, I said light going to come, which means before I get out of here, light's going to come. That's why Jesus said, say ye unto this mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea, and it will. Now, here's what he didn't tell you, how long it was going to take for that mountain to get over to that ocean. But I got enough knowledge to know that if I said get over there in that ocean, you, you may act like you don't hear me. But before it's said and done, you're going to be in that water. God has faith in himself. Now, 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 how, how does the God kind of faith work? How does the God kind of faith work? Here's how it works. It's faith in God's love for you. Not a specific outcome. A lot of times people say, well, it just seems like it's not working. That's because you wanted a specific outcome. You prayed, Lord, fix my marriage, and it fell apart. Now you're saying my faith didn't work. What you didn't understand is your faith worked perfectly because God's love protected you from something you had no business being in. Okay, y'all don't want to say nothing to me. You said, God, I want this job to last. Lord, please don't let them fire me. And then the next week you got fired and you're saying, oh, my faith didn't work. No, you had faith in an outcome, not in God's love. God's love let them fire you because God says, I got something else prepared for you over here. But what I want you to do is take about a three-week vacation before I transfer you to your new assignment. So don't be sitting up here talking about faith didn't work. Faith was working. Because my faith is in his love for me, not a specific outcome. Are you getting that? Which means even if you're believing to get the car and they tell you no, then you got to say, well, my faith must have worked. How do I know it worked? Because God was blocking that. He blocked me from that because he had something else over here he had prepared for me. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. Which means my faith only works if I'm confident in his love. That's the God kind of faith. See, God is love, so that's why he has confidence in himself. So what I got to do to get to this third level, this OMG faith, is I got to say, I've got faith in his love for me. 
which means if my specific outcome happens, great. If it doesn't, great. If this works for me, great. If I fail, great. I learned what not to do next time. I got faith in his love. Touch somebody and say, you got to have faith in his love. Got to have faith. Got faith in his love. Which means even if my specific outcome does not come to pass, it does not mean my faith did not work. Because a lot of people are sitting up thinking, oh, I'm scared to use my faith because it didn't work last time. Based on whose definition of work? That's why the scripture says he'll take all things and make them work together for good. Now, that means he's got to take some good stuff, some bad stuff, and some ugly stuff and mix that up and make that work for your good. He did not say that he's going to make it work. He said he's going to make it work for your good. Which means even when it gets shut down, it's for my good. Even when they talk about you, it's for your good. Even when they lie on you, it's for your good. Then the fourth level, the fourth level, the fourth level, and this is, this, is the, this is the highest level we see of faith as demonstrated in Greek, which is our New Testament, is the word immunah, E-M-U-N-A-H, immunah, immunah. Now here's what this means. It is a conviction based on a relational covenant, a conviction based on a relational covenant. In other words, it's you knowing something because you know the person that you're involved with in the covenant. You, you ever had somebody come to you and tell you something about somebody you're in covenant with and, and you just said, that ain't true? And you said, because I know they, I know they wouldn't do that. Because you have covenant. Now, I'm not talking about you got superstition, you superstitious saints. I'm not talking because you got an out against somebody else and so you don't want to believe bad about certain. I ain't talking about that. What I'm talking about is, is you have a covenant with someone and watch this. The scripture says the only one that ever always keeps his covenant 100% is God. So, so check this out. Check this out. Which means this immunah faith means I trust God because I have a covenant with him. Amen. Which means I trust in his love for me even when I can't trace his involvement in my life. Amen. This faith is symbiotic. What does that mean, Bishop? There's an even exchange going on. At immunah faith, the reason it's greater than OMG faith, the reason it's greater is this, because, watch this, watch this, immunah faith says, not only do I trust him just because I know him, got it, but he trusts me back. He knows that even if it gets rough, he knows he can count on Bishop Foreman, to, he, he can trust me back. You've not graduated to immunized faith while you're, I'm just trusting God. I know he's going to come through. I know he's going to come through. Of course he's going to come through. He's God. God's question to you is, are you going to come through? How many times has he pulled you out and saved you and kept you when you should have been living in a box somewhere and protected you when you should have been living on the bridge? If he's done it all of those times, what makes this one so different? If he's always come through all of those other times, what makes the little stuff you're going through now, old bishop, stop your whining and pick you up a bottle of immunah? You know he can come through, but can he trust you? To, and I think there's some people at Harvest tonight that say, not only can I trust God, but I'm here to tell you, God can trust me back. That's the what. Now, here you go. When do you need faith? <laughs> so we got to who and we got to what? Now, 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 now we're going to get to when. When do you need faith? You, you ready for something? I'm going to mess some of you church cliche sayers up. You know, cliche where folks say church rhetoric and cliche and, and, and just say, you know, to, you know, God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Praises go up. Blessings come down. When the blessings come down, I throw them around and put them up and praises come back. All that cliche stuff. I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to show you the bomb. I'm going to mess you up. You ready? When you sense fear, it's an indicator it's time to use faith. When you sense fear, it's an indicator it's time to use faith. You know why? I don't need faith unless fear is there. Because how do you know? Because if there's no fear, you do it. If there's no fear, you step out. If there's no fear when God says empty out your bank account and give, you, you don't worry about it. 
You only need faith when fear shows up. And that's evidence it's time for a faith fight. Can I take it another further? Faith always involves risk, uncertainty, discomfort, fear. It always involves that. Now, Bishop, I thought faith and fear, I thought faith and fear uh, didn't, didn't, didn't go together. Matter of fact, I need to tell you something. Not only are they not mutually exclusive or diametrically opposed, but faith and fear are roommates. They live together. Faith and fear are roommates. In fact, many times when you have to have faith, you won't feel like you have faith at all. Fear, you've heard this saying, I know you've heard it because you've heard this church say, false evidence appearing real. I think that's just, you know, I don't think it's necessarily inaccurate, but I do know it's incomplete. Because many times what you fear is there and it's real. Stepping out, there's a real chance you're going to lose everything you invested. There's a real chance you're going to be hurt. Okay, y'all, what, what are y'all doing? What, what, what y'all doing? Y'all ain't here? Come on now, I'm feeling a little... I, my sanctified thug got woke up this weekend. Say amen. <laughs> Bishop Nino Brown, don't mess with me. Now watch this. I bring my white rollers and everything, be stabbing hands. You're going to get this faith. You're going to get this faith. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Fear and faith are roommates. Can I tell you something? Many times it was because you were scared that you got propelled into faith. Fear is a motivator to act, and many times you're going to have to do things afraid. That, 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 that's, that, that, that's fear. Well, one of the Greek words for fear is, is, is the word phobio, where we get our word phobia. And, 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 and the interesting concept about it is that, uh, now, now, now Paul tells Timothy, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now, while God didn't give it to us, it doesn't mean we don't have it. We pick up fear from situations. Bishop, how do, you, how do I pick up fear? Because you failed. And when you failed that one time, that, that, that one marriage that you gave your everything, and it failed, and so now you're saying, oh, no, not me. I'm going to do it like Oprah and Stedman. No marriage for me. I'm not judging nobody. I'm just using an example. Everybody know who she is. All right? All right get with it. Got it? <laughs> you, you said to yourself, I, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm step out and start that business. And you failed. And so what did you pick up from that failure? Fear. Because now you see an opportunity in front of you, but you're scared as all the world. You're scared because you got a failure on the books. And since there's a failure on the books, you're thinking to yourself, oh, Lord, I can't go to another one of those. Lord, I can't do it. And God is saying, baby, you'll never know what's going to happen if you don't get out of that boat and put your foot on that water. Where are the water walkers at? Where are the people that say, I may be scared, but I'm going to do it anyhow? Failure introduces you to the spirit of fear, the mindset of fear. No, I, I gave it my all last time. I'm not doing it this time. I'm going to give 50%. I ain't giving my all. Faith always involves risk, uncertainty, discomfort, and fear. So here's the question you ask yourself. Why am I afraid? Maybe this is the moment I've been waiting for all my life. And God was seeing if I was going to let this mess up that. You know you need faith when, when, when you see fear. When you sense yourself getting afraid of something, that's your indication. Baby, time for some faith. Time for some faith. Time for some faith. Because fear only shows up. It's a roommate. You know, you know how roommates do. They eat your food. Use your washing powder. Y'all ain't saying that. Don't be sitting here looking at me like that. You had a college roommate or a roommate after the school or whatever. And you said, oh, we're going to do this. Oh, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be wonderful. Y'all are best friends when y'all started roommating. And then you, you don't even talk to them no more. Now you're like, oh, God, it ain't good, man. Like a roommate. Y'all ain't saying nothing. 
They're roommates. When fear comes in the kitchen, faith leaves. <laughs> but when faith comes in the kitchen, fear leaves. And so when faith sees you getting ready to put your foot out the boat, you're scared because it's like that's water and it's deep and I ain't got no light vest. God, how in the world is this going to work? But, he's, but you told me to come. So since you told me to come, me getting across is your business, not my business. All I got to do is get out the boat. Touch your neighbor and say, get out the boat. We, we, we got the who, we got the what. We got to win. So let's go to where. Where will faith take us? You ready? <laughs> on the ride of your life. Faith will take you on the ride of your life. But it ends, the ride always ends in a place called victory. <laughs> it will always end in a place called I knew he'd do it for me. It will always end in a place called, thank you, Jesus. Bishop, Bishop, what are you talking about? Flip, flip to Romans 5 and 5. Flip to Romans 5 and 5. I want you to see this. That's where faith takes you. Faith going to be a ride. I'm here to tell you there's going to be some days where you're going to have to cry yourself through your praise. And you're going to be lifting your hands. And you're going to be, and people going to say, oh, they're crying. They got so much joy. You're thinking, oh, God, I'm crying because I don't know if I'm going to lose my, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, faith is going to take you on a ride. But, 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 but watch this. Even if it feels like the mind eraser, at some point it's going to be over and you're going to be back at the dock. Amen. Romans 5, 5, you got it? Now, now, let's look at this. Now, hope. Now, remember, we learned that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So then hope and faith have a connection. So it says hope does not disappoint. Well, since faith is the substance of something hoped for, what it's saying is the use of my faith will not disappoint me. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in my heart, my mind, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. Now, but, but you missed the first part, though. Now, hope does not disappoint. <laughs> what, what does your Bible say? Read it. Now, hope. Say it again. Say it one more time. Now hope. Now wait a minute. Then why is it when we're using our faith, we feel like we have disappointments? I'll tell you why. Because you're looking from alpha to omega, not from omega to alpha. And you didn't realize that what looked like a disappointment to you was necessary. In order that you might be able to sustain the next level of using your faith. But Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, I, I like biographies. I study people. I study successful people. I study people that have done great things in life. And the reason I study them is because uh, 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 it's always encouraging to me. It's encouraging when I look at people's stories and see that many times they failed at everything they did uh, until they had one idea. And that one idea brought them the greatest success they've ever seen in their life. See, you may have a lot of great problems, but it only takes one idea to fix that problem. So... So, so I love looking at biographies because you see how people adapt. You see how people like uh, the Heinz, the gentleman that uh, founded Heinz, how at one point he had to file bankruptcy and uh, he had lost everything, but everybody's eating his ketchup today uh, and his family's living on the victory and the back of his faith because he was a believer as well, I believe, from his bio biography. I look at people like Steve Jobs, who, of course, he, he, he stepped down as CEO today, but I'm still getting my iPhone 5 on Sprint next month. Come on, somebody. Uh, but anyway, and so, and so, but, 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 but you look at the story of his life about how he invested in things and how he lost millions and millions of dollars and, and he was fired from the company he helped start. Ain't that something? How you get fired? You started Apple and they fired you from the company you started. And they fired him and so he went out trying to compete with them and all of this and long and short is they brought him back and when they brought him back he took it to the top. Billionaire. Times and times over. Why? Because he had enough sense to know this is not going to stop me. And if I did it before, baby, I can do it again. See, some of you, the reason why it's so difficult is because you're looking back over your life saying I was at this high place at this high place and now it seems like I'm in a low place. God let you hit that high place so you'd know you'd be able to get there again. If you got there before, baby, I'm here to tell you, you'll be able to get there again. 
Where does faith take us? To a place called no disappointment. Didn't say I won't be disappointed on the way. But I only look at it that way if I'm thinking that I know more about life than he does. You got to know he knows a lot more than you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, all right. I, I got 38 seconds, but I think you want to hear the why and the how. It, oh, well, fine. Okay, fine. Really. Why? You, you ready for this one? Why does operating in faith seem difficult sometimes? <laughs> why does operating in faith? You know, you know it would be great if when you became a believer, God took all your problems away. Wouldn't that be great? Don't sit up and try to be sanctimonious. Oh, no, Bishop, I appreciate my trials. <laughs> You know, good and doggone well, if, 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 if he could take all your problems away, you'd probably start telling people about him if he did that. You'd probably start inviting people to church if he did that. Uh, look, look, look at this. Operating in faith many times will seem difficult. It will. But we walk by faith, not by what? Sight. Check this out. The word sight there doesn't just mean eyes. It means senses. We walk by faith, not by what? Senses. Now, now check this out. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? You remember the two that are responsible for every problem that exists today? Amen. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Bible says that Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, that the Bible says after they disobeyed God, the eyes of both of them were open and they perceived that they were naked. They were naked the whole time and they could see literally the whole time. But when they disobeyed God, they got to a place to where they started looking at what God wanted and comparing it to what flesh and desire and disobedience wanted, and now there's this, this, this quandary going on. And the scripture says that the eyes of both of them were open, and then they went and they sewed fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. What they did is they started operating by sight or senses and stopped operating by faith. Faith means, God, I hear you, and I walk almost blindly. I'm like an Abraham. I'm walking to a place I don't know. And the only way I'm going to know that I got there is you're going to tell me you're there. Got it? Now, now check this out. They started walking by what? Senses. Now, now check this out. Operating in faith sometimes seems difficult because you got two things yelling at you the whole time. It's not the devil and God. No, 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 no. The two things yelling at you are your senses and your faith. Got it? They're yelling at you. Your senses are saying, recession, recession. And I ain't nowhere in the Bible. And if you want the truth, the word recession means returning ownership of goods back to their rightful owner. Which means this is the best time for the body of Christ because some folk been stealing from you. And God says, I'll recess them in order to let you possess. That's what recession means. I ain't no scared of no recession. Recession can go to Gehenna. Got it? Amen. Now, now check this out. In life, I found something. I wish I could tell you that everything in life is just. It's fair. Wouldn't that sound good? It's fair. God, that's not fair. And God would be like, that's right, I'm going to fix it. But how many people know from living long enough or experiencing, it ain't got to live long enough. You live past the age of five, you'll figure out it ain't fair. Because so-and-so got two cookies, and you sitting here looking at them getting two cookies, and you got one and a little broke one. That ain't fair. Give me two cookies, too. Matter of fact, switch plates. Don't try to act like y'all don't do that. Y'all do that at the restaurant now. If two people order the same thing, you'll be trying to look to see well, who got more fries, who got more fries. Give me that one. Give me that one. You know how you do? Yeah. <laughs> Everything in life is not fair, it's not just, it's not right. But guess what? It's not who's right that wins fights. It's who's loudest. Oh, I know you wanted some deep spiritual thing there. In, in, in Congress, ooh, this will be a great, great example. What's right is rarely done. Let's just settle that. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It ain't about right when green's involved. So let's just be clear. I don't care what kind of tea you got going on at your party. I don't, I don't care what you got going on. It's never about what's right. About what's convenient in their instances. But now watch this. Watch this. Who wins the fights in our Congress is not who's right. You got it? Helping out the people paying taxes, that, that seems right to me. 
Okay, okay, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying that seems right to me. You understand? Spending money here rather than trying to fix everybody else's problems, that just seems right to me. Now, you, you have your own view. That's just right to me. Bible says if you don't take care of those in your own household, you're worse than an unbeliever. So I'm just trying to figure out how we send in. Okay, but that's just me. I'm getting political. I'm apolitical. I'm the kingdom party. I'm a kingdocrat. I'm going to be the write-in valid. Who you vote for? Jesus Christ. So I vote for it. He's the only one that can fix it. Now check this out. In our Congress, it's not who's right that wins the fights. You want to know who wins? The loudest ones. You've heard this saying, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. So it seems hard to operate faith when you let your senses get louder than your faith. Your faith is going to have to yell at your senses so loud that when you want to feel depressed about what you see, your face starts yelling and saying, that's all right, it's going to be all right. Don't you stop now. Don't you go weary and well-doing because in due season you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. God made you a promise. He said it. You better believe it and that settles it. Your faith has got to drown out your senses. Bishop, how does it do that? How, how, how does my faith drown out my senses? Well, we find the answer to that in the how of faith. In the how of faith. Got it? Amen. Now, 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 we're we, we going to shout real good right here, all right? And if you don't shout, that's all right. We're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to give you an invitation to Christ in just a moment. I'm, I'm five minutes and 47 seconds over. So y'all got to work with me. You ready? Yeah. Now, remember, the question is, question is how, how is my faith louder than my senses? What I see, what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. How? How does faith work? Number one, hear the word. This is how your faith gets louder than your senses. You've got to hear the word. That's why I wouldn't let anything keep me out of church. I wouldn't let getting offended by something stupid keep me out of church. I, 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 wouldn't, let, I, I wouldn't let, oh, I'm tired. Get your tired self up. Get in the car. You didn't say that about work. See, I, I, I said I was going to preach something earlier today. And if y'all don't say amen, y'all going to be, y'all think I'm raw. Y'all going to hear some real raw in just a moment. Y'all going, what did he say? And I'm going to say, say something. No, I'm here tonight to stir your faith up. Because I'm here to tell you, you got too much living to do. You got too many things to conquer to get stuck in a place called fear. Tell somebody, say, I know that's right. I know that's right. Got to hear the word. Which means even when my senses are loud, I get me one of them CDs and I pop that word in. And I say, Bishop, you better preach to me. Holy Ghost, you better speak to me. God, I feel like giving up, but you better say, Lord, say something to me. Got to hear the word. Got, got, got to hear it. Got to hear it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And finally, about the 117th time, you'll get it. Second way my faith gets louder is I speak the word. I speak the word. So after I finish hearing it, you and I walk back in and I say, oh, man, I tell you, it's just so rough. And you got to say, oh, no. No, no, it's not rough for me. Might be rough for you, but it's not rough for me. My God owns all the cattle. All the silver is his. All the gold is his. My God is not broke. My God is not dead. I got to speak the word. I, I, I got to speak it. I got to speak it. I speak it to people that don't want to hear it. Somebody says, I don't want to hear all your Jesus stuff and say, then you need to leave because I ain't got nothing else to say. I don't know what else you want me to talk about. What you want me to talk about? going to sit here and shoot the breeze with you. Man, I got stuff going on in my life. I don't care nothing about your Facebook page and who hacked you. I don't care nothing about that. Man, I'm here to talk about the word. I'm here to talk about the only thing that's going to get me through this. Then I got to do the word. Ooh. Whoop, there it is. Got to do it. It's easy to listen to it. It's easy to speak it sometimes. But doing it. <laughs> Remember what we read from James. If you have faith, you'll know it because of what your actions are. 
check this out. You can have, you can have, let's just, let's just go on, on fantasy lane for, for a moment and, 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 or, or, or dream world or whatever for a moment. Uh, envision, envision yourself in the finest automobile you can see yourself driving. Just, just go and do it. Just do it. Now, let me help raise your faith. If you're thinking, oh, Bishop, a Honda Accord is a... That's nice, but just... I want you to go a little higher. No, that's, no, that's good. Honda's good. Honda make good car. That car lasts forever. But I just want you to get something a little bit more elaborate. A little bit more luxurious. Not a car, but an automobile. Say that, say that with me. An automobile. I, I want you to get an automobile. Car where you ain't got to change the oil because you got a good plan. They'll change it for you. You know what it is? Okay. All right. An automobile. Okay. Well, you don't have a key. You just start. You can say it from your living room. Start. You walk out. It's heated up. Made you some Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. Come on. Listen, if you want to believe this much. See, you know, I get Christians that, Christians that only want to believe. If you're going to believe anything. If you want to doubt anything about the Bible, doubt the, Bible, doubt, doubt the bad part. I choose to believe the good stuff. Some of you thinking, oh, I can never do that. Well, you just sit there with your doubting self and send me yours. Okay, you got your automobile in your mind? All right, now check this out. It's beautiful, right? Ooh, it's beautiful. Nice butter leather and real wood. Not that fake stuff. Real, real. <laughs> real wood. You just call out the CD you want to hear. Hezekiah Walker, changing. You know what I mean? You understand? An automobile. You don't even feel yourself on the road. You, you, you just, it just. You, you got it? You ready? But if you ain't got no gas, I don't care how nice of an automobile you envision, you're going to sit in your driveway playing drive. That's what it's like speaking the word, hearing the word, but not doing it. You sitting in the car, but you ain't going nowhere. So look at this. Look at this. Faith is a process. You ready? I'm about done. I'm over time, but I think I'm helping somebody. There's a problem with the Bible, though. There's a problem. For all you History Channel people, there's a problem. You ready for the problem? God only put the important details in the Bible. You remember the woman with the issue of blood, right? And, and you remember she had a 12-year issue with blood, right? That 12 years, though, in the Bible is only chronicled in five verses. God took her 12-year struggle and turned it into five verses in the Scripture. And just so you know, they're not extremely long verses. Bishop, Bishop, what are you what, what are you trying to say? It doesn't record to her everything that happened to her during that time. It tells you she spent everything she had, it, but it doesn't tell you how she felt while she was spending everything that she had. It doesn't tell you the nights where she cried herself to sleep because she was wondering if her God was so great, why is it that she's got to go through this? It does not tell you all of the details. Why, you ask? In essence, God was saying, if you do the word that you're taught, when you look back at everything you had to deal with, you'll say, that ain't even nothing. Now that I look back, it wasn't even that bad. And everything that I thought that I lost that I needed, it ain't even important no more. God will take your 12-year struggle and turn it into five verses in the scripture. So when you look back, you just say, glory be to God. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in my eyes. Yeah, I had to cry, but it ain't that bad no more. I ain't crying no more. Took 12 years and turned it into five verses. Doesn't tell you the time she had to slap herself and say, it's a, he's going to come through. He's going to come through. He's going to come through. You're not going to die like this. You're not going to die like this. You're not going to die like this. This is not it. There is more to life than this. That, that I'm not going out like this. 
doesn't tell you that. It just tells you she spent everything she had. She tried every different kind of doctor. But she had enough faith after trying all of that. After all of that, she had enough faith to say, I don't even know if this is going to work. But something inside of me, I got hope. I got substance of something hoped for. I've got evidence. I ain't seen myself healed yet, but I know it's happening in the spirit. Because I read Isaiah, and Isaiah told me by his stripes, I'd be healed. Oh, Jesus. And so she says, I don't know if this is going to work. And there's so many people around him. There's all these people around him, and there's a crowd around him. And what if he doesn't want to talk to me? And what, what if he doesn't touch me? But she said, I'll tell you what, he ain't got to touch me. I got enough faith. He ain't even got to touch me. I'm going to press my way through that crowd. And he doesn't have to touch me. I'll touch him. Faith speaks. Faith gives. Faith sacrifices. Faith perseveres. Faith prepares. Faith obeys. Faith is tested. Faith keeps the word. Faith walks. And faith forsakes its past. That's faith. Who? Who? What, when, where, and how? Now you said, Bishop, why did you teach on faith tonight? Because in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to use that faith. I said, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to use that faith. Everybody stand on your feet with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did, did anybody get anything tonight? All two of y'all got something, huh? Stand, stand with me, everybody. Every campus. Father. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.